Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. It's your host, Steve Cullum here, and today we got another excellent interview. Today we're interviewing Travis Welch. He's the Next Generations Pastor at Yakima Evangelical Church in Yakima, Washington. I hope you're ready for this interview. This student ministry podcast is all about student ministry. We talk to student ministers and we just chat about this awesome ministry that God has called us to to reach this next generation, these teenagers and their families for Jesus. And I love these conversations and I know you're going to be blessed today from this conversation with Travis. But before we jump into that interview, we want to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are awesome. They make this podcast possible by their generous dollars, and we want to take a moment just to thank them for everything they do. First up is WorkCamp NE. That's W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E dot com. And this is an awesome ministry that our students have been participating in for the last nine years, I believe, going on 10 this coming summer. And it's basically a, it's a mission trip organization. They do service project-based mission trips. They go out and they help the underprivileged, uh, the people that can't do the work on their own homes. And they have students that come in and paint and roof and build decks and things like that for these families. And it's an awesome ministry here in the Northeast. And so if you're looking to take a trip with your students inside the country. It's not that expensive. It's an awesome experience. You have so many other students uh, with youth groups coming together for the entire week, and uh, you should definitely check out WorkCampNE.com. We also want to thank the National Network of Youth Ministries and by partnership, Reach Youth New England. Together, they are also a sponsor of this podcast, and their mission is to connect youth workers. If you haven't checked out the National Network's website at youthworkers.net, be sure to check out their website, sign up for an account, it's all free, and then look around for other youth workers in your area. There's probably already a network in your area and you can get connected with them. If there's not, feel free to start one up, connect with your state uh, coordinator, and it's be a great experience for you. By extension, if you are in New England, you can connect with Reach Youth New England. They are connected to the national network, and it's another great way to connect with other youth workers in your area. You can get to them at reachyouthne.com. We thank all of our sponsors, WorkCamp NE, National Network of Youth Ministries, and Reach Youth New England. You guys are awesome, and you are the reason this podcast is being made. So thank you so much for your sponsorship. One other thing I want to mention right now that I normally talk about at the very end of the podcast is your reviews. If you like this podcast, please make sure to leave it a review in your podcatcher of choice, and that'd be awesome. It's another way for other youth workers to find this podcast. All right, now that all that business stuff is out of the way, let's jump right into that conversation with Travis Welch, the real reason you came here today. Well, thanks, Travis, for joining us today. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. I, I feel a little new, but like I said, I'm I'm quite excited. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm glad to have you. Uh, Travis and I go way, way back to uh, DYM 100 just a few months ago. It was uh, great to meet you in person. Yeah, you too. You were a good roommate, even though I got the better uh, the better bed and the better room, I think. <laughs> I, that house we stayed in was, was awesome. I don't know if there was a, a better or worse. It was... Uh, it, 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 maybe it was the better of the of the good. There's a bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so Travis, uh, I'm assuming most people uh, don't know about you yet. We were joking before the uh, recording that uh, one of these days you're going to need the big name in youth ministry. Um, but but for now, uh, tell us a little about yourself and 
And I have here that you're at Yakima Evangelical Church in Yakima, Washington. So maybe before we jump into you, tell us where Yakima is, because I'm assuming most people have no clue where Yakima, Washington is. Yeah, Yakima is the Palm Springs of Washington, it's called. (laughs) It is in the heart of central Washington. Uh, Pretty much everything that goes from the east side to the west side and vice versa comes through Yakima. So we are... A decently sized town with a lot of uh, little country cities uh, surrounding us. I think it puts us at around 100,000 people in our area total. Um, Other than that, Yakima is, it's not what you think of when you think of Washington. It is a high plains desert. It hardly rains out here. It's a, there's a lot of brown and a lot of foothills. So uh, usually when I tell people, hey, we're living in Washington, the first thing they think is a Seattle and that climate, that temperature, yep. so not true. I've seen tumbleweeds go through parking <laughs> lots here. Wow. All right. So maybe a different setting than some people uh, have been listening. We've been interviewing some different people from, from all over the country, um, even had some people from Canada. Uh, so for, for you, uh, how did God get you into ministry? How did he get you into Yakima? Uh, what's God been doing in your life? Um, and, and just, I guess, share your story about what's going on. Yeah, that's, man, that's exciting. I know, I know I, I never grew up as a church kid. I never really went to church, maybe but a handful of times. I tried out a youth group and I, I just didn't like it. Um, I, there was a pastor at this church who never took the time to know me, uh, know my name, uh, never really took time to introduce himself to me. It was like, well, this kid's here. That's great. And there was another kid that I, that was in that youth group that I just thought, dude, like here you are at church on Sunday talking about how great Jesus is and you love him. Yet when you're at school, you're one of the meanest, you know, biggest jerks there is. And mm-hmm. So I just wanted nothing to do with youth group. I wanted nothing to do with church. And that's kind of you know how it stayed uh, for a while, uh, really, until a girl uh, invited me to come to church with her. It all started with uh, a girl. It did. It started with a girl. And I just was head over heels uh, at the time with this girl. And so I started going to church with her. And it was uh, Hopewell General Baptist uh, in Burton, Michigan, and I started going there with her, and I came across this youth pastor. His name was Jamie Arden, and this – talk about a guy who had such an impact on my life. I wasn't even in youth. I was uh, around a sophomore, junior in college, and Jamie just took me under his wing and just really poured into me. He was someone who just believed in me, who who just loved me, who showed me what life was like with Jesus, brought me into, you know, his his house. I mean, just to talk about doing life with someone. Everywhere he went, he brought me. He, uh, you know, took me down uh, down to Liberty to see what Liberty University was like. Brought me out to lunch. Uh, this guy was was everything I wanted to be. And around my senior year, I broke up with this girl, and that's actually what led me into salvation, what led me to that final push to just give my life to Jesus. And about a week after, it was, it was during the, the Red Sox-Yankees time, okay? This was back when Aaron Boone uh, hit the home run to, to knock the Red Sox out of the playoffs once again, <laughs> breaking their hearts. <laughs> And to this day, I don't like Aaron Boone. <laughs> and about a week after that, 
I just I remember this this sounds so uh, sad and pathetic, but I just remember laying and falling asleep on my couch in my apartment, just crying, crying and crying like those nasty like snot coming out of your nose cries. (laughs) And it was there that I just said, Jesus, like I'm all in. I'm tired of this. I'm all in. Hmm. And God's like, all right, that's cool. So what, I, what, I, what I've been waiting to tell you is that I want you to dive into youth ministry. I want you to leave Central Michigan. I want you to leave, a, a, you know, going to, to become a middle school teacher. I got plans for you. And uh, I, I remember having lunch with Jamie. And before I could say anything, he, he told me, he said, I really believe that God's preparing you and calling you into ministry. Hmm. And I was like, dude, like, no way. Like, <laughs> let me let me tell you about this. And that was kind of that confirmation. And seriously, that, that after that school year, I left and went to Liberty. So my ministry story just started uh, simply by someone believing in me, someone uh, believing in, in thinking that I was special. And that's actually been a big theme of my life is just God telling me that night on the couch of, you're special to me, and I've got special plans for you. Hmm. And so my ministry story started there, not... In a, you know, not being involved in a church, not growing up in a church, but by someone, a, a youth pastor investing in me. And, you know, here I was a college kid. That's awesome. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, do you want me to dig in from there? Because I, we can go from there. We can talk all day about, <laughs> you know, what Jesus has done. Yeah, we could. Um, maybe you can weave in the into the, the rest of the questions or anything. But but specifically, I want to know, how did you get to Washington? Where how did, God, how did God bring you to that place and say, you know, this is where I want you to do ministry right now? Yeah, that <laughs> that's not definitely, uh, definitely not what we were expecting. We were uh, we planted a church. Um, it was at the time called Starting Point Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, it's now called the Point Church, and we helped plant a church. And I became the youth pastor at this church. And so, uh, you know, talk about starting uh, with zero kids and having to build up. Man, that was tough. And it was amazing, but it was one of those things where it was very low pay, but uh, very full time hours. And so, of course, having to take on a second job, and, and I was actually in a school teaching. So I'm in a school teaching, and I'm trying to do youth ministry, trying to give my everything to this church plant, and it was tiring. It just, you talk about burning both ends. Mm. And so we were getting ready to make um, this jump into full-time paid ministry so I don't have to do two things at once. And at the same time, we were I was working on my master's degree um, at a seminary there in uh, the Raleigh area. And so the plan was, hey, we're going to um, I'm going to graduate, uh, have my master's in biblical counseling, and then we're going to jump into full time. Well, in that moment, God had different plans. Uh, we've been praying for seven years for a baby. God gave us a baby and it was amazing. So that kind of held off our plans on what we wanted to do. But when we were finally able and ready to do it after the birth of my daughter, we started thinking we got to stick around the North Carolina area where we have family or the Michigan area, which is where my heart is. That's where I was born. I was raised. Same with my wife. And we, wanna, we wanted to go back. Well, <laughs> one of those things that I learned was that when you start telling God where you're looking at going, uh, we felt like God just kind of chuckled a little bit and said, you know, that's, that's cute. You know, I love you. Sure, go ahead. See what you can do. And nothing just worked out. Um, Maybe I didn't interview well. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit, but just nothing would work out. He's just closing doors. Yes. And it was tough because you want to just be like, God, like, I would have been a good fit there. God, that would have been a good fit for us. Like, God, I'm I'm good. I could rock this out. And God's like, no, just just think bigger. Think bigger. So eventually, 
I just conceded and I said, all right, God, we'll think out West. Of course, my wife wasn't thinking out West. You know, we thought, oh, let's just go up to the Mississippi. Hmm. No, God took us out West. And there was a church in Washington called Highline Christian Church that we interviewed at. And they were some of the most amazing and sweetest people. And they're out um, uh, south of Seattle. And they just were incredible people. And I loved them. And it came down to me or this this uh, gentleman from Oregon. And they ended up going with this gentleman from Oregon because they said, look, here's a guy who's been in the culture. He knows the culture. It's a little less risk mm. to bring him in, him in instead of you. But we love you and we want the best for you. Well, that left such a, a uh, great taste in my uh, mouth that I said, uh, God, is it Washington? Were you leading mm. me to this church for Washington? And God's like, stay in Washington, buddy. Mm. And I came across this one this one job uh, description. It was short. Um, it, it was low pay, and it was involving next generation's ministry, you know, kids and, and, and youth. And I, I'm not a big kids guy, and people know <laughs> that, but I do my best. And I was like, I'm not applying for this guy. It's like, just give it a shot. It's going to be good for you. You know, like it, there's stuff that you can learn. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't plan on going here. I'm worth more. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to do kids. And I did. And the minute I interviewed this, uh, interviewed with the lead pastor here, his name is Dylan Doe's. I was in love like this. The minute I saw this guy, I just knew that this was a guy that I wanted to work with, I wanted to work under. And to this day, we have uh, just a great relationship. He's one of my best friends. He's a mentor in ministry. He's moved on to plant a church in Iowa. Um, But that was it. I mean, God just kind of said, that's cute. Apply where you want. But I've got something (laughs) you know, for you. And we never would have thought it was Washington. We literally made the move from East Coast to the West Coast. And I couldn't be happier. Like just what God has done in this. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so so you're, you said you're next generation's pastor at, at the church there. Um, a lot of, I know it's a, it's a newer title that people are uh, tossing around a little bit more. And there's still some diversity, I think, within churches about what that really means. So if you could just kind of unpack your ministry a little bit, what you do on a regular basis and, uh, and how you reach the students and the kids and, and everything there in Yakima. Yeah, man. I, I love my kids. My You know, it's hard having different youth groups in my past and not trying to say, you know, like I have favorites, but I love my kids here. <laughs> and I, I get to spend most of my, my time here really working on youth. Um, when I brought uh, hired in, I was told, like, do 80% youth, 20% kids. And so I've kind of stuck with that. Yeah. And our ministry is, it's when I came in, we were at about six kids. We've seen 400% growth, and I'm not a numbers drop kind of guy. I know I listen to the ex-youth pastors podcast, and they would hit me hard on saying that. <laughs> but, but the reason why I say that is, like, we started with sixth and seventh graders. When I came in, I had six kids. They were pretty much sixth and seventh graders. And we've had this huge burst, this huge boom in growth in the past couple of years. And I think it's because the one thing um, that I really believe I do well is relational ministry. Hmm. I, I very much spend time with our kids and their families. In fact, we've seen church growth because of the families of our youth that have started to come out that weren't involved in a church, that weren't uh, even in any church at, at any point in their life. And I do that simply this. I, I spend a lot of time at kids' lunches. 
I like to go. We've got 10 schools uh, that I cover, 10 schools um, in, in our area between middle school and high school, and, and, and not even to mention homeschooling. Mm. And I, I go to one or two lunches a week usually, and I just – I'm an idiot there. Like I, I mean seriously, I get there, and the, and the kids just look at me, and they're like, you're just really good at meeting people. You're really good at just like making people laugh and inviting, like having people want to come and sit by you. And I said, well, honestly, it's because I'm an idiot and (laughs) I don't go to school here. So it's easy for me to come in and embarrass everyone around me and people love it. And then the other thing that I do is just, I I try to be the biggest cheerleader in their life. Mm. Uh, Choir concerts, piano recitals, uh, plays, sports, Anything. I, my kid could be going out to do a yo-yo competition this at the city over. I'll be there, and I will be the biggest yo-yo fan you've ever seen. <laughs> and I think some of these are, are, you know, tricks of the trade. They're old tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. You know, these. I, I'm not telling you anything new. Right. But I came into a ministry that sorely needed relationships to be built. Mm. And what I love is I come into the city, I come into this area, and, and that's what I'm good at. And I just remember I was at um, at a basketball game at uh, Natchez. It's one of our, uh, like, sister cities. And I was at a junior high basketball game, and I'm just cheering loudly for my kids. Like, hmm. And you heard me at DYM. I can yeah. be quite loud. <laughs> I, you know my presence is there. <laughs> and I'm just hollering for my kids. And one of the moms looks over and goes, would you do that for my girl? Aww. Would you would you yell Justine? Cheer on Justine for me! And I was like, "Of course I would." And, you know, I did it. And this girl looks up at me and she's like, "Who is that rather large man? <laughs> who are man? you? And why are you shouting my name?" <laughs> right. You know, like, who is? But you know, the cool thing was is now Justine's a part of our youth group. That's awesome. She helped. She helped lead at our fall retreat this past October, and she has been one uh, um, who is uh, Mandisa who sings Overcomer. Uh She has been an overcomer with uh, a few things that she has struggled with in her life, and it all started because that day at the basketball game, her mom asked me to cheer cheer her on and yell her name out, and here I am. That's so great. Wow. So so a lot of – a lot of people believe in I think I, I truly believe in relational ministry. It's so important and I think it's it's what we see Jesus doing really. Um, and you know, he he taught along the way, but really he was hanging out with people and just doing life with them, which is awesome. How do you balance because I know a lot of a lot of youth ministers, myself included, I want to do more uh, relational ministry and everything, but at the same time I've got, you know, lessons to prepare for, I've got paperwork that the church wants done and different things like that. So how do you make time to make sure that you are at the lunches and the games and, and all that sort of thing? Man, that's a that's a loaded question, Steve. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm very I'm, I'm very blessed. I am actually, and this is a weird situation. I don't know many people who are in my situation, but I'm a, actually the only full time person on on staff. Okay. Our worship pastor and our lead pastor are both bivocational, but I have tremendous support from them. Hmm. Uh, pastor Curtis is. Um, uh, been one of my greatest champions and cheerleaders um, has shared with me that uh, he understands that that I'm really good at at the relational ministry side, um, but he doesn't hold high expectations as in like you better be going out and doing this. And so having his support uh, helps a lot. But the rest of uh, answering your question is I've got a wife who loves to to do this stuff with me. 
Mm. She she loves. In fact, this Thursday we're going out to a piano recital, and we're going to go out to a piano recital and cheer on one of our girls. And well, mind you, quick side note, she's like, "Please, it, you know it's a piano recital. You can't get loud." <laughs> I said, "Oh, listen, I'm going to get loud the minute you're done. Everyone will know that you're my kid, you know." <laughs> so, you know, I've got a I've got a wife who supports me, who uh, is willing to uh, let me be flexible in my schedule to shift some things around, and then I have a beautiful daughter. Um, who's, you know, she's now three, but she's come out with me to basketball games and to volleyball games. And now I think she enjoys it because I usually buy her popcorn from the concession Mm -hmm. stands, but I'm just very blessed by people who support me. But the other thing that I do is I do a a come see me calendar and it's a calendar up uh, where we do our youth ministry on Wednesday nights. And the intention is, listen, there's something you want me or any of our other leaders to, to come watch and see You've got to get it on that calendar mm. uh, because I do plan my stuff out. I'm not a person who can just go, oh, you're inviting me to that one thing that's tomorrow. I'll head out. I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not with where we're at in life right now. So I always tell kids, you've got something coming up. Give me a couple of dates. Put it on the calendar. You know, Text it to me to put it on the calendar, and I'll see what I can do. Um, Cool. And so between that and just having flex, uh, a flexible schedule to kind of come in and go as I please, it's easy to make these things. That's cool. I love that idea of, of putting the, the responsibility a little more on them, but but at the same time having that calendar that's in front of them. Because I tell our students all the time, like, give me your calendars because I want to go to your games. I want to go to your plays. I want to this sort of thing. But the majority of them forget because they're they're so sidetracked with all the other things they're involved in. But to, right. to have it in front of them, that's, that's a great simple step to just say, hey, it's here. When it's on your mind, when you're here, write it down. And that way, um, you know, because you said you have like 10 different schools. So you, you'd be looking at 10 different calendars and tracking it all out. And that's that's just a lot of work, a lot more paperwork and a lot more office time that you probably don't want to be doing because you want to be spending time with people instead. That's exactly right. Cool. So is there anything beyond the, the student ministry, the, the typical student ministry that, you know, involves youth group and, and groups and, and things like that that you do? I know uh, one of the things that I know you do is the, the internship stuff. So how, how are you able, I guess, pouring into the, this next generation of leaders? Ah, excellent. Excellent question. My internship, um, it's, it's brand new. It's, it's a baby still. And I can't take all the credit for it because I so ripped off uh, a good friend of mine, Jesse Roberts. Um, That's what ministry is, is just, just ripping off it other is. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, mind you, I did. I totally kind of ripped it off him. Uh, he had me come out and speak at his youth group um, when he was doing interns, and I fell in love with it. Now, mind you, when I say I ripped it off, I made it my own. And so we, we did interns, and it's something that our kids have absolutely loved. When we did interns, it was a, a summer thing. It was uh, practically an all-day Wednesday thing, and it involved uh, having some uh, light breakfast together, lunch and dinner together. Uh, That was very important, being able to eat meals, spend time with the kids, and just kind of let our hair down, right? Mm. But in our interns program, we focused on a couple of things. I wanted them to not only do church, but be the church. And so we, we spent time reading the Bible together. We, uh, this past summer, we spent time reading uh, Judah Smith's uh, uh, book, Jesus Is, which had a profound impact on uh, my thoughts. Um, and so it was great to discuss that with the kids and to see how they were taking it. Um, and then we spent time doing ministry time, which was uh, allowing me to have a couple of hours with them. 
to show them some of the things that I do. You know, we spent time uh, doing some like service type stuff when it came to uh, preparing different items for uh, Voices for the Children um, or other local ministries that we have uh, in town. Uh, we spent some time um, doing stuff around the church, getting the church in order, um, cleaning. Um, t- we, we went upstairs and cleaned out and gutted the entire attic to get ready for a yard sale. But the pride and joy out of our service time came from when I had an idea that I wanted our students to lead our Sunday service in August. Hmm. And so we spent all of July, um, me doing very little hands-on and just pushing and encouraging them to prepare an entire Sunday service, worship, ushering, offering, uh, the soundboard, the slides, the speaking part, all of it. And it was an incredible experience to see these kids not just rally around each other and encouraging each other to do this, but to work together, to work together to prepare a message, to work together to put ideas together, to encourage each other. Oh, that you said that so well. You did that so great. You know, that's an amazing thought. And our Sunday service that, that we did was so well-received, so loved. I mean, my kids know me as Papa Bear. Like, I am their Papa Bear. And I'll tell you what, like, I could not help but just, like, grin from ear to ear as some (laughs) tears were coming out as I watched them. And so our interns was huge, but I think the coolest thing out of it was we had seven baptisms to end our internship program, seven decisions that that these kids decided to take that next step Mm -hmm. to make their faith public, to not only make their faith public, to make that commitment to follow Jesus. And so interns has become this huge um, treasure that we have just by sacrificing an entire Wednesday <laughs> for all my Wednesdays during the summer. Wow. So that I think that's awesome. I think there's there's been a shift within the church recently over this whole um, belonging and behaving sort of thing. And I think this next generation is really responding well to that. They want to know they belong to this church. They want to know that they have a place there that they can actually be using their, their gifts and their talents and their abilities of what God has, how God has blessed them to bless others and to really have a place. And then as, as you said, you know, the baptisms and, and the decisions and the life change come, come as they get connected more to this body of Christ, which is really cool. Yeah, you said, you know, you said two words that mean the world to me. And I don't know if you did it on purpose. You're a smart guy. <laughs> you said belong and behave. Mm. And that's one of the first things that I started here with this group is this idea. We call it our mission, and it's in our youth logo. Uh, but our, our two words are make room. And our mission statement says we will make room for those that need to belong long before they believe or behave. <laughs> and it's tied to... Um, Judah Smith's book that Jesus is, Mm -hmm. but it's tied to something that God just gave me entirely, this idea of making room, that we're constantly looking to make room for not just just other kids in in their schools, not just other kids that need to to come, because we do. We want to make room for, for unchurched kids, for kids who need Jesus, but to constantly be making room for each other to grow, making room for each other to feel like they belong, that they have a purpose here. That's awesome. So, Speaking of the interns thing, because I know a lot of people have different ideas of, of internship program, it sounds like this is definitely something that you could do for, for your middle school, high school students. Is that right? Is, is, this, is this not something college students and beyond kind of internship? Am I, am I hearing that correctly? 
Yeah, it is definitely just uh, an internship um, where they don't get paid. In fact, they pay me. Uh, <laughs> they pay me, and it's just for our, our, our youth group, just for our junior high and senior high kids. And mainly because Yakima is not a, a big college-age town. We have a community college, but most of the kids leave. Um, and the internships is just geared towards these kids who are here, you know, they have nothing much going on for the summer maybe, or they're just really looking to invest heavily into the relationship with Jesus. Cool. Cool. I think that's awesome. I think that's one of the things that God has been placing on my heart. Um, earlier this year, I went to the Exponential Conference and just this idea of multiplying ourselves and the church and just training up the next leaders. And I think a lot of times um, growing up in the church, it was very traditional experience for me. And I went from, you know, a, a very involved in the youth group to Bible college to get trained and moving on. But you know, I, I've really God's been opening my eyes recently to the fact that we don't need to wait until students are old enough to go off to Bible college to train them for ministry. They can be trained while they're in our youth groups and giving them give, giving them opportunities to really succeed and do some awesome stuff for God while they're a teenager. So I think that's that's awesome. Oh man, I totally agree. I I tried to share with the kids from day one that. My faith shouldn't be their faith. Hmm. That my goal is to train them in their own faith. Cool. Well, all this is fantastic. Um, I know that God's taught you many, many things over the years in ministry. Uh, what What are maybe like two or three big nuggets of wisdom that, that you've been able to, to really capture? Um, maybe things that you're not, wow, if I could go back to Travis 10 years ago, I would tell Travis 10 years ago this because it would help his ministry out in the beginning. So for young youth ministers out there, old youth ministers, everything in between, what's what are two, two to three big nuggets of wisdom that God has taught you? Man, you do ask really good questions. I see why you do podcasts. <clears throat> Man, 10 years ago, what I would tell a 24-year-old Travis is, and, and this is something God is taking me through now, and I think it came out of our DYM time. If you remember uh, Alan Fadling with uh, his mm-hmm. book, An Unhurried Life. I'm reading it right now. It took me, it took me two, uh, pretty much since we got back, to just uh, two days ago to finish that book Mm. because I'd read a couple of pages and just chew on it and pray on it and process it. Mm. And so one of the things that I would just say is live that unhurried life. Mm. What what I love about Alan Fadling is he says, Jesus's pace was a walking pace. Mm. He never hurried from town to town. He, he, and it's not that he took his time. It's just, he kept that walking pace. And I've realized that in ministry, when Paul writes that our life here on earth with Christ is we're in process, it's not a sprint, but it's a marathon. Ministry is the same thing. And so I've tried to infuse this idea into my leaders that we are going to be in these kids' lives and we might do nothing but just plant seed after seed. And that's it. We might not see those seeds get watered and nourished and blossom until years down the road. We might have a kid who has seeds, and maybe our job is to water it or to nurture it. We might see the, see the kids blossom here uh, fully. We might see them blossom a little bit. We don't know. But our goal is, is that we are called, as we are going in life, to be Jesus to these kids. And we've got to take them where they're at, and we've just got to walk with them where they're going. 
And so I would just say, you can't hurry ministry. You can't hurry salvation. You can't hurry the things that God is doing. And I think when you come to realizing that you can't hurry these things, it takes the pressure off. It, it takes. Um, it, it helps protect you against depression in times of wanting to feel like, am I doing good? Am I doing well? I, I, am I even uh, doing the right thing? That would be, I think, number one. Number two would be invest in being coached in. Hmm. Find someone who believes in you who will coach you. And then at the same time, don't just be coached, but to coach. I absolutely love coaching people. Hmm. It was something that was really impressed upon me at the church plan in Raleigh. Uh, Matthew Bradham was uh, my coach. And Matthew Bradham is a mentor to this day, someone that I absolutely love and adore and wish everyone could be in a relationship with him, have have what I have with hmm. him. And my time with him, he was so incredible, so uh, gentle with me, uh, so so good with me. He knew me. He understood me. It left an impression on me that that's the kind of coach I need to be to my leaders. And so I love getting to know my leaders. I, I and, and, and my side note to this is, if you're going to coach leaders, don't coach them from your personality, but coach them based upon who they are, who God has made them to be. Mm. Because I think when you realize their uniqueness, when you realize their personality and you coach based off that, it's been my opinion that I've seen greater results and greater growth out of my leaders. Wow. So, coach. Can, can you coach. unpack that just a little bit? Because I know a lot of people are going to go, okay, like, I, I, I know me more than I know them. So, how, how do you actually, I guess, practically uh, coach them from their personality? Man, first thing, ask questions. Ask questions. It's one of my favorite things. I, when I'm in a room and I don't know someone, I just find people love talking about themselves. Mm. Ask questions. And that's the first thing. As ask questions. And, and don't be afraid to just stay in the superficial. Go, go a little deep. Uh, try to ask odd questions, weird questions, questions that throw them off. <laughs> because you get to see the reaction. You get to see the way they, they think. That would be one. Two, invite them over for dinner. Mm. Invite them into your family. Uh, you've got to know who they are. And some of the best ways to do it is just eating together. Mm. And and don't be afraid to spend some money on them. Buy them their coffee. If you're going to go out to Starbucks and meet, buy their coffee. If you're going to take them out to, to a local place to eat, buy their food. Because then when you when you start showing that, hey, I'm investing in you by buying you this coffee or food, you start to build a trust. And when they build that trust in you, their walls come down a little bit. And then I, I, I think the last thing to add to it is observe. You have to observe. You've got to pay attention. You've got to remember these different facets of their personalities. What makes them tick? What 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 encourages them? And then just keep at it. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming you consciously did this because you're also a very smart guy. Um, but I, when I ask about coaching which is normally people would interpret that as, oh, I got to tell people this and I got to tell people that and I got to show them how to do this. Your three responses and how to coach them from their personality was basically pay attention to them. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's awesome just to sit back and say, hey, it's it goes back to that unhurried life I think you were talking about is just take your time and learn about them so that it does come natural when you're when you're coaching them and helping them become the people that Jesus wants them to be. We got to know them first. 
You, I think you said that way more eloquently than me, but yeah, yeah I might steal <laughs> I might steal that for any other response in the future. <laughs> well, you, you were the inspiration point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Travis, it's been awesome to to have you on today. Um, thanks so much for for joining us and and chatting about ministry for a while. Oh, dude, it's my pleasure. You know my love for you. <laughs> it goes deep. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, uh, before you head out, um, maybe people want to hear more from you <laughs> or connect with you more and and pick your brain about some different things you talked about today. Is there uh, a place that you? usually kind of throw your stuff online or maybe a social media or a blog or anything like that, that people can go and say, Hey, I want to contact Travis. This is the best way. Excellent question. Again, I am not the greatest with technology. Um, Twitter is too much for me. I realize I'm not, I'm not good with those things, but you know, if you ever, if you ever have questions, if you ever want to know anything, you can email me at uh, travis.welch at yakima y-a-k-i-m-a e-c dot com uh, that's my work email address but if you kind of want to see what we're doing uh, go to instagram and it's under y-e-c youth all one word you can check out what we're doing on instagram you can see some of the stuff that i put up you can see my uh, beautiful amazing kids but you can also direct message me there cool awesome and definitely do that um you will benefit from connecting with Travis, I promise you. So, Travis, thanks again uh, for joining us today, and um, man, may God bless your ministry. Dude, same with you. I appreciate what you do. Thanks. Wasn't that a great conversation? I love Travis, and I love his passion for ministry, and especially relational ministry, and not only that, but equipping and training his students to really do the ministry and be the church in the world. It's awesome. Maybe you're thinking, I just don't have that personality. It just doesn't ooze out of me like it does with Travis. It's okay. Hopefully, you picked up some tips and tricks along the way from our conversation that will help you uh, be more relational, even if it's just not your natural personality, and maybe you can put that that style of, of training and equipping your students into practice in your ministry as well. We want to thank Travis once again, and if you want to contact him, all his information will be in our show notes at either my website, stevecullum.com, or you can get there at thestudentministrypodcast.com. But if you want to email him, you can email him at travis.welch at yakimaec.com. Or you can visit him on Instagram, his youth ministry there, at yecyouth. That's again, YEC Youth on Instagram. And like I said, all that would be in my show notes along with our sponsor information. Thanks once again to WorkCamp NE. You can get to their website at workcampne.com for all your mission trip needs here in the Northeast in the United States. And also a combined sponsorship between the National Network of Youth Ministries at youthworkers.net and reach youth new england at reachyouthne.com. they're all about connecting youth workers make sure you check out those websites as well we want to thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast and we thank you for sharing it and we thank you for leaving your reviews you guys are awesome and uh thank you so much for all you do for god's kingdom especially for these teenagers these families and may god bless your ministry